0: power of the cross. Colin, I'm delighted you left the cross for another week. Well done. Now, let's read from the Bible in John's Gospel, chapter 20, starting at verse 19, the story which Tom introduced for us as he spoke to the children. Let's hear the word of God. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. And Jesus said, peace be with you. As the father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We've seen the Lord. Put your finger here, see my hands, reach out your hand and put it into my sight. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of the disciples which are not recorded in this book but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God and that by believing you may have life in his name. Amen. God add his blessing to this reading from his word. <coughs>
1: Thanks, Alec, just to follow on then from our thoughts with the youngsters and that incredibly powerful song. Thank you so much. It's a favorite of mine and so many of us. The power of the cross uh, to overcome uh, the darkness and evil uh, of mankind and of this world. Blessed are those who haven't seen me and yet believe. That's a challenge Uh, for us in in the church, and we'll we'll come a bit more to that in a moment or two, but, you know, what do we see? What do we see? Our sight is clouded and blurred uh, by the wrongs of this world and the evils of this world, and and the seeming hemorrhage of folks from the faith and from the church, Uh, and we see conflict And we see heartache across our own society. And we see all sorts of things that blind us and telling us in our hearts, God's forgotten about us. What on earth is going on? Is the power of a cross still as effective today? Uh, These things we see. And I firmly believe, my dear friends, that one of the greatest things that we have is to gather together in fellowship in the church. Uh, to receive God's Spirit and reaff- reaffirmation and for a moment to glimpse the glory and wonder and the beauty of God's promises. And as we share and we sing and as we joy together, we minister to one another, even by our presence. And that's one of the greatest things that we have, and to treasure and to, uh, and to cherish, really, the church. It's for building one another up, to help us to see Jesus and to see uh, the faith in one another. Well, that by way of introduction, introduction, blessed are those who haven't seen me and yet believe. That's a challenge to us. But just in our general context, these what, last couple of years, I think we can say for sure, we know what it's like to be behind locked doors. We've been locking ourselves away from an unseen uh, virus which has taken lives and has affected probably most of us by now in one way, shape, or form. And we can identify with being behind locked doors, uh, physical locked doors. Uh, Our friends in Ukraine are locking themselves away, not against a virus, but against the evil of conflict and war. Uh, They know very well what it is like to be behind locked doors for fear of what's outside and for what might come to them. So, it's a very real experience uh, for us as human beings to be behind locked doors, concerned for the future, uncertain, perhaps fearful and discouraged. We're not all, can say we're in the war zone, but we've had real experience of being physically uh, behind locked doors. But there are other locked doors, our hearts. We lock ourselves away uh, in our fears and our disappointments, and distance ourselves, uh, perhaps even from God. So, what does Jesus teach us here today? Well, the disciples had lost all hope for the future, putting ourselves in their situation. They were full of fear. They were empty of hope. They could see no prospect of life, and they had just witnessed their dear friend brutally tortured and then die a death of excruciating pain, because of the Jewish authorities and the Romans in power. So would these folks continue their program of destruction and hunt down the disciples? Naturally, they were gathering together and locked behind locked doors. They didn't want anyone to find them. And it's not difficult to understand what brought them together. there have been so many strange happenings and marvelous experiences on that resurrection day. A meeting was in order they had to discuss this they had to work it out and see what was going on jesus had already appeared to mary magdalene to the women to Cleopas and his companion and to peter and what they had seen was too wonderful for words it's not at all surprising that the disciples found solace in each other's company on the sunday evening going over and over and over what happened inexplicably inexplicably jesus came and stood amongst them. And what were these first words? Peace. Peace be with you. Locked doors could not keep the risen Christ out. Peace be with you. There could be no doubt that this was their Lord who returned from the grave, having given his life on the cross. He sought to reassure them and to convince them that he had risen from the dead, offering a new way of life, offering peace for troubled and fearful hearts. And when peace bestowed by Christ enters a heart, anxiety is driven out. It says in, in Philippians, doesn't it, that if we come to God in prayer, that the peace of God uh, passes all understanding, guards our hearts, guards our hearts, John chapter 14, we would read when Jesus was talking to his disciples before the the crucifixion, remember these words, you often hear them in a funeral, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you, I do not give you as the world gives, the world cannot give you this peace, do not let your hearts be troubled, do not be afraid, in other words, bolster your courage and your strength and your faith, and the disciples, of course, were ecstatic, Luke tells us, disbelieving for joy, in fact, Over the, overwhelmed, overjoyed. We try to get some of that in a wee bit prematurely, perhaps, in the service with the youngsters, but that's the sense of it. Fear was replaced with God's peace, and their hearts were filled with joy. Was it last year that Pope Francis, in his Easter message, he related this to the coronavirus pandemic. He said, do not be afraid, do not yield to fear this Easter. So, there's a challenge then for us not to yield to fear regardless of what's going on around about us or what's out with our locked doors of our own hearts and minds. Do not yield that there's a sense in which in Christianity we're to bolster our faith with courage and believe that we have a victory. So, there's no need to fear when we look upon Jesus and see Him and believe in Him. Our focus on the risen Christ who comes to us offering peace. That's our focus. We find ourselves behind locked doors. let's think about that again. Imprisoned by our own fears. Fear for our friends and family. That's a big one. Fear for your grandchildren and the way forward for this world. Fears over the economy. They keep talking about the rising cost of things. Fear about unemployment and employment. Will life ever be the same again? Worried about the postponement of operations or other treatments or waiting for answers. We face fears every day of the week of all kinds, but today we are reminded that Jesus stands amongst us offering us peace. And please remember, locked doors cannot keep him out, cannot keep him out. I ponder that so much. Where are you, Lord? Where are you often? And so Jesus came, bringing them peace and promise. But He also brought a, a future, a purpose in life. Did you remember? As the Father has sent me, so I send you. He said to the disciples. They were to continue Jesus' mission on earth, preaching forgiveness of sins and exercising forgiveness, that two-way aspect, forgive and preach forgiveness. They knew exactly what He'd meant. He offered them forgiveness after they had betrayed Him, forsook Him, and denied Him. And again, we can see ourselves so much in these disciples. They were experiencing the transforming power of forgiveness from the Lord they had let down so badly, it rose off the tongue. Uh, so easily doesn't it forgive us our debts as we forgive those uh, who sin against us it's put in two different ways into the lord's prayer but the power of forgiveness the power of the cross is real for us the disciples would receive the power of the spirit of god and jesus used a descriptive language of breath for the spirit you notice he breathed on them receive the Spirit. is symbolic of the Spirit of God creating uh, itself. Remember the same description that we have in Genesis when God breathed his life into Adam and Eve? God breathed breath of life is what we will sing about as well. The wind of the Spirit. Jesus was showing and descri- describing that giving them the power of a Spirit uh, to preach and to forgive. And that's a big gift for us, of course. Pentecost is yet to come, but this is uh, looking forward to that. We don't go forward alone. The resurrection Christ breathed God's creative spirit into those fearful, guilty hearts to transform them into bold witnesses for Him, and we know the history of that. So, let's return to that challenge. It's a challenge for us all, however, and it isn't Thomas. He best expresses that he was deeply skeptical that jesus had appeared to his friends in his absence despondent stubborn he insisted on direct proof nervous restless no doubt i remember as a a young teenager and uh, some christian friends of mine at university were really full of the joys of of faith in the christian union and i just said no no, no, I want you to see this. Unless I see it, I'm not going to believe it. And I hadn't realized it. Of course, I was actually just like Thomas. as Before I was a Christian proper. And uh, unless I see for myself, we often ask God for proof, Lord. Show me, show me the way through this. Show us what's going on. Of course, they were nervous and anxious. But Jesus stands amongst them. Jesus responds to the demands to see and touch his wounds, and it is enough, though, to have his presence. Thomas didn't need to touch the wounds or see them. It was enough to see Jesus. (laughs) That's what we've got. It's this incredible thing we have. We have got the faith, we've got the, the Word of God, we've got the excitement of fellowship and worship for people to see Jesus, and you and me Sometimes I think, oh you know, I let him down so badly. How can they see? How can I see? How can anybody see Jesus in me? I spoke to the receptionist with the doctor the other day, was quite short, and I felt quite ashamed about it. We all make mistakes. How can people really see Jesus in me and you? That's what he wants for us. That when people see Jesus, when I saw Jesus, the spirit of Jesus in those early Christians in university, I just thought, this is I, I need. Jesus, I want to know Jesus. Jesus stood amongst them. It was enough, my Lord and my God. The challenge remains for us all in our disappointments, our despondency and skepticism to stop doubting and believe. We have a glorious message to proclaim. And the key is faith in the work of Jesus and the cross, not in ourselves, not in mankind, because we know what mankind can do for sure. Faith in the resurrection and faith in his power, that's our focus, to equip us for the task he has ahead of us. Total dependence upon the love and power of God. This is how we're to thrive in our relationships, to survive behind locked doors, and to thrive in all of our lives. God's generous love is demonstrated supremely at Easter. The love of God endures forever and is available to us all to overcome whatever prison we find ourselves in. And one last thing, perhaps, to say, we did think, in my lifetime, and perhaps all of us here, most of us here, I should say, forgive me, but most of us who have lived through the Cold War, those of us who saw the great expansion of the global economy, were all dependent upon one another, we're becoming friends with one another, China had opened up, Russia had opened up, and, and here we were, well, there were wars in the, in the Middle East, and that was quite different. We had a lot of confidence in our leaders and one another. That's been totally turned in its head by the antics of power in in mankind. Men who are made of dust, remember, but have fearsome weapons to kill others. We cannot put our faith totally in the leaders and one another because we are frail and all of us, all of us, fall short. The only hope we have is in Christ. The Bishop of London, uh, and now it's a few years ago now, and I'm going to quote this because it was a sermon at the royal wedding, the right and right honourable Richard Charters, and he was, I think it was Harry and Meghan's wedding, now a lot of water has flown into the bridge since then, <laughs> with Harry and Meghan as well and the royal family. But nonetheless, his words were in, were this. Listen to what he said. He yes, was at the wedding. He said, "We stand looking forward to a century which is full of promise mm-hmm. and full of peril. Human beings are confronting the question of how to use wisely a power that has been given to us through the discoveries of the last century." Yep. We shall not be converted to the promise of the future by more knowledge, but rather by an increase of loving wisdom and reverence for life, for the earth, and for one another. It's a matter of the heart. When we trust human beings, we can end up with weapons of warfare. My friends, we can take nothing for granted absolutely nothing for granted except the power of the cross of Jesus to overcome. And it beholds us to keep preaching that message that Jesus, when he stands amongst us, brings hope, brings healing, brings purpose, brings life in all its fullness. And this is a Jesus' gift to us Easter we share that purpose of making the risen Christ known by sharing his love with one another Helen's going to come in a moment to do the intimations but let me have a wee prayer please to conclude Lord we plumb the depths of your grace and mercy and yet we can never reach the full extent of your love for us for your goodness that you would indeed as the song has said endure such cruelty and suffering for us but not only for us but for the world and we look to you lord jesus for the courage uh, and the faith to persevere to listen to your words to follow your spirit to rejoice in the goodness to teach our children the way of life in jesus lord in all these things we are privileged to be part of your church help us to focus our minds totally on Jesus, our purpose, and all the changes that will take place in the Church of Scotland, for sure, and in this world. We ask, Lord, help us to keep faith and to see you, my Lord and my God. Amen.